Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and it's a sad day. Because neither Sam nor Tom are here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a great day because Sam and Tom are here. Surprise, wow. we were hiding under the counter. Yes, the yeah. whole time. I wondered where my donuts were going. <laughs> I counted a dozen donuts and I turned around. They were all gone. So I brought that, my little good. donut fishing pole with me. <laughs> Very good. Well, you were successful. So, uh, Tom, uh, glad to have you back Thanks sitting in the Luxurious Corner yeah, booth. It's great um, to be back. Uh, and I'm sure all the uh, Tom fans out there are excited to know uh, yeah, that you're here. all uh, three of them. Very good. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, Ziggy, I'm glad you're here again. I'm yeah. glad to be here, too. Yeah, so, uh, we, and you know what? This is a special day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cafe is usually not open on religious holidays, <laughs> right? But, uh, but we are open uh, today, and it's the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's the feast. Yeah, we're eating Mexican sweetbreads. We're not eating donuts today. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, and uh, and all of the uh, little donuts come like wearing a little tilma. It's just really it's really uh, really cute. Uh, but anyway, I thought it would be good for us to talk about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of folks who maybe think that this is kind of an exclusively Hispanic holiday and it doesn't really apply to them. Uh, but I thought maybe let's just kind of break this open a little bit and start thinking like, well, why should I care about our, I mean, we care about our lady and she's come to us in so many different, uh, ways. Right. Right. And, and so now we have our lady Guadalupe and why particularly would we care? All people should care about that particular, um, um, appearance of Mary, uh, coming into our, into our time. Well, I think the first thing that we need to think about before we talk about uh, the Our Lady of Guadalupe apparition itself is what was going on in Europe at the time. Um, and that was the Protestant 1500s, Reformation. Right? 1500s, 1531 yeah. was the year. And, you know, um, nothing but love for our separated brothers and sisters, yeah. right? But from a Catholic perspective, it's very heartbreaking to uh, look at the history of so many souls leaving the Catholic Church yes. in droves in mm-hmm. Europe, right, at the time. And so at that same time, when people were leaving the church, and people at that point were despairing about the future of the church, thinking this is the end, it is falling apart. Right. On the other side of the world, in what they called then the New World, mm-hmm. um, you had uh, missionaries, especially uh, Franciscan missionaries and Dominican missionaries that were out there. Um, and many of them from Spain, but from all over Europe, out to engage with the indigenous population of Mexico. And for years and years, they've been trying, and they've been getting nowhere. Zero results. Zero results. Yeah. And it was really tough. And and this was heartbreaking for them. Imagine you're you're a missionary, and you're in a place with the Aztec religion involves human sacrifice. Right. Yeah, it's not pretty. And you're and you're supposed to be engaging with an indigenous population that celebrates public human sacrifice, basically as their quote sacrament, so to speak. They had to have thought they were in the perfect storm, right? I mean, honestly, I would feel it would feel like hell if I'm yeah. being honest with you. Yeah. Hell you know? on earth, yeah. Because I can tell you also, children were sacrificed as a yeah. part of, of... It was it. devastating. Absolutely yeah. devastating. So you're seeing them, they're paying homage 
to these images. One of them gets a cuddle, uh, is, is, has the image of a snake, largely. So you're sitting there, you're, you're a missionary, you're seeing people, they're bowing down before a snake figure. Mm-hmm. They're killing children and people of all ages as, as a sacrifice. And they're completely ignoring you when you're trying to reveal to them the good news of Jesus. Yes. And then all of a sudden... All of a sudden, after Our Lady of Guadalupe appears to this man, Juan Diego. Not Juan Valdez. Not Juan Valdez. <laughs> this would be his cousin. Yes, this is his cousin. A very distant cousin, yeah. but cousin nevertheless. Good coffee, by the way. Oh, but Juan Diego, saint. And great, uh, and great yeah, smile, too. That's right. <laughs> but, the, uh, but no, shortly after, Our Lady appears to this little guy, Juan Diego. Right. You know, all of a sudden... This image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe, it takes the population by storm. And literally, you have, in short order, six million conversions. Mm-hmm. You have all of a sudden people are leaving in droves these practices of human sacrifice, and they're, they're leaving it in droves. So on, in Europe, doors are closing, people are leaving the church, and then all of a sudden, the difference maker in the new world, as they called it, was Our Lady of Guadalupe to bring about conversion of six million souls in short order. So that's the miracle that we're talking about. And this is, by the way, I think especially relevant uh, because right now, Monsignor Shea, he's, a, uh, he's the president of the University of Mary, I believe it is. He's written a book recently that is quite uh, intriguing. It's thesis. He says, this is the first time that the church has lived in apostolic times mm, yeah. since the early church. And I think that... We, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, one of the reasons it's super powerful for us, as in, uh, in addition to those of us who live in the United States, because she's been declared by the church to not just be uh, patroness of Mexico, but of all of the Americas, North America and South America alike, but here in these apostolic times that we are living in, uh, and we are engaging faith and culture, and we'll talk about that too, I think that, that she is a... A patroness of these apostolic times, right? Yeah, now. and absolutely, and that's and that is a reason why we should all be um, excited about potentially um, experiencing Mary um, in her role as Our Lady of Guadalupe, and how all of us, no matter not just the Hispanics amongst us, yeah, right, and we should all feel a connection to her because, again, the, the, you're. I don't think people really realize just at that time what six million would be like, right. <laughs> Right, and could you imagine the missionaries have had zero success? Then all of a sudden, it's like they, their appointment calendar is so booked up. Yes, yes. Right? They, 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 their speaking tours are going nuts. You know, <laughs> everybody's saying we want to know more about this, and we when the masses are starting to grow to the point where they don't have enough of anything. Right, right? and it's like I, that kind of success can only be uh, supernatural. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, and also one thing that's important, I think we need to talk about is. There was actually a big dispute between the Franciscans and the Dominicans over this image. And the reason is, is that the image presents our Blessed Mother dressed as an Aztec princess. Mm. And so the Franciscans at the time were very vocal in saying that they felt that that was completely disrespectful to our Blessed Mother and to Christ because... Um, well, there was the, ba- the connection of the sacrifice. I mean, if you're coming sacrifice, as an Aztec yeah. princess. Right, right, yeah. It wasn't just sort of like a, oh, that's not, you know, traditional enough. It was the connection to the practices of the Aztec people. I could see the, the, the potential controversy. Whereas the Dominicans, on the other hand, said, this is faith and culture. Our Blessed Mother is meeting 
the indigenous populations where they are and speaking to them in a language that they're willing to receive and, and position to receive because by dressing as an aspect tech princess, she is presenting herself as their queen and as part of her message, their mother. And also, I guess, you know, where you might think like, well, and maybe, I, you know, it, okay, it's 500 years ago. Right. And, and, and I'm, and I'm sure that, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to speak for the Franciscans and try to convince them, you know, uh, and I think the Franciscans at this point have probably pretty much accepted. Guadalupe. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> there's a Franciscan somewhere in the world listening to this show. Can't right. believe they're talking about that Our Lady Guadalupe image. <laughs> Don't you know she was dressed as an Aztec princess? <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. But but so many times in church history, if you look at church history, what you see is how God has revealed himself to us in so many different ways at so many different times and in so many different varying degrees Yeah, where early on certain pagan religions they're not Christian in nature, right. and they might have some shadow of truth in them. Mm-hmm. Just a shadow, just an inkling of truth, but f- for the most part, not true. Like the Aztec religions, right? Right. Not, tr- not, not what God has revealed. But how many times has the church taken something that was either pagan or secular or humanist or, uh, or nothing at all and essentially sort of, sort of taken it back right, right, and repurposed it? To make it, I mean, think about some of the, you go to Rome and look at some of the old, the great churches. Right. Well, they were, they were like the Pantheon. Right. That means many gods, right? That, that was an originally, that was a Roman worship building. Right. You know, to the gods, to the many gods. But now it's like literally the oldest church in Rome, big giant church that, that, that essentially came, became a Catholic church and is still a Catholic church to this day. Right. Right. So the, the, the church like repurposed it and said, I know that there's a base. So, so there's no controversy in taking something. Uh, you, there's other things like, like Christmas trees. Yeah. I mean, right now today's gotta take, gotta taste Sunday. Right. And so this is the day that a lot of people are, they've either already have their Christmas tree or they're just now putting it up and they're finally decorating it. A lot of people, that's the tradition. They've, day been, like they've been secretly, you know, decorating that tree all along, <laughs> but now they can actually open up the curtains so people can see it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, that is a, something that's a symbol. That was a pagan symbol for, the festival of trees right exactly and but that was crucified and resurrected right and that's i think an important point to raise when you take the 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 symbols that people uh are attached to yeah and say we're not going to take away all of the festival but we're going to change it we're going to crucify it we're going to turn it into your celebration in and transform to a celebration of jesus Mm -hmm. you know and we're going to change a way of remembering christ and honoring christ you know you have this practice you know, for example, in there are certain places in uh, Africa where the use of drums it was very important for tribes for their own religious practices, and there had been stories of missionaries who specifically requested from the Vatican approval because obviously drums are not a, a traditional liturgical instrument. Saying mm-hmm. like, for these tribes, you know, for to reach them, is it do you is it possible to get permission to incorporate their use of drums in you know, liturgical music mm-hmm. in order to get them on board with Jesus. And they got approval, you know, for that specific purpose. And, the, and part of the reason was, is for those cultures, drums and faith for them and religious practice was, was inseparable. Mm-hmm. And you so know, Tom actually has been, he's been gone for so long from this show because he's actually at a liturgical <laughs> drumming conference. 
And so he has learned to do some liturgical drumming. So we're excited to hear some drums with me now. <laughs> Sam, would you like to hear? Them? I would love that. I would like to hear a liturgical rim <laughs> shot, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, so so uh, so our light. I, I get all that controversy, but I, I think that a lot of people might want to talk about those things and see the controversy and maybe uh, either relish in it or, or, or languish in it or stay in it or whatever. And, right. And, and the reality is, for me, it doesn't matter because this is an approved apparition. Right. right. This, the church has approved Our Lady of Guadalupe to the nth degree. And, uh, and so we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. And the other thing that's beautiful about Our Lady of Guadalupe is that she's pregnant. In it, and so what that means is, it's not just an image of Mary; it's actually an image of Jesus in Mary. And this is and this is a beautiful concept: the understanding that it's it's the very pregnant Mary. Right. Yes. Well, Tom, you pointed something out. Yeah. So she's supposed to be pregnant at the exact same time that she would have given birth to Christ on the twenty fifth. So she's pregnant as pregnant as she's supposed to be on the eighth. Yes, she's so, like pregnant. Pregnant. She's, she's not a month pregnant. That's right. She's very. She's far ready along. to birth the right. Savior. Right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I, I, I think that uh, again. So we we can start to look at this. Um, what if we're not like of the Hispanic culture? You know, and this this integration between faith and culture. Uh, what about if our if we're we're more of the European variety? Some of us, sure, right? Sure. And so we were busy falling away from the church, right, <laughs> and, 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 right. And, and, and getting reformed, right? And here, uh, these uh, indigenous peoples, all of a sudden, there's this rebirth, right? Um, you know, and again, rebirth of our Savior. I mean, the connection of all these things—not the rebirth of Jesus, but the rebirth of the faith. And seeing in in the birth of Jesus, right, a, a rebirth for all of us in our faith. How beautiful that is, and how poignant it is. Um, how, how do we, with a very different history and background, start to see this as something that's vitally important for all of us? Right. Well, I think first of all, like we were saying a second ago, if you live in either North America or South America, so if you live in Canada, right, and you're Catholic, she's empress of the americas including right where you live right yes. so so that's the first part is there's there's a sense of geographic uh rootedness i think um also the image of her you know being pregnant i think there's some beauty in just the incarnational dimension of it um i think also the 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 aspect of what we were talking about faith and culture and learning how we might draw upon the message of our lady guadalupe to encounter people where they are and present Christ to people where they are. That's, and, and our Blessed Mother and Marian devotion, I think that's another reason. And then also, just like we were talking about a second ago, is this is an apostolic age that we are living in. Amen. Amen. And there's, there's something, because here's the thing. At the end of the day, there are different things that really fire different people up. Yeah. Right? And so I, I see that connection that... that um, Mary has appeared in so many different places in the world and has come in so many different ways. And there's there's really something for everybody. But this one, Our Lady of Guadalupe, which might be confused by some as saying, like, well, this is specifically something from Mexico. It's like, well, it emanated out of Mexico, but it is the Americas. And that, yeah. includes, that includes all of us. But there's something there. But essentially, if you're looking at what happened there, Right, we talked a little bit about the story about what happened, but essentially, when you're looking at that, you see a miracle. Yeah. Right, and so there's different ways you can view this, but some people are just like attracted to the miraculous nature of what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still go today, 
right to the to the the church there in Tepeyac. You can still go there and you can see the tilma. Right. I mean, this this is miraculous. It's crazy that it exists. It, it's a cactus fiber that should have deteriorated, you know, hundreds of years ago. Well, at least four hundred years ago. Right. 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 The idea that this thing would still be there, and and I know there have been lots of. I didn't want to get into all the detail of the investigative journalists who have examined this thing and try to figure out and the scientists, like you know, but to hear things like you know that it maintains a, a constant a body, body temperature, temperature uh, and that there's like microscopically you can see things in the eyes and right. of Mary and right. there's all these different things uh that you can that you can see uh but but just the fact that that tilma exists right um it would have been a uh it would have been an impossible hoax there would have to be like a room a secret room right there at the church that has like 500 tilmas in it yeah and they bring one out every year <laughs> And people go like, yeah, yeah, that's the Tilma right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to be that kind of a hoax because that thing's been there and been in the possession of the church and the local people, right? So much so and drew so many people. And still, to this day, hundreds of thousands of pilgrims go to visit there. There's something miraculous in the fruit that that bears, just the fact that that Tilma's there. A really cool uh, miracle of, uh, the, of the Tilma that actually doesn't have anything to do with the, the Tilma itself Somebody tried to set up a bomb at the oh, shrine yeah. of Our Lady of Guadalupe, mm-hmm. and they didn't do a good job of it. And uh, what ended up happening was the bomb disrupted the crucifix, this giant crucifix that's there at Our Lady of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, our Guadalupe Shrine. And the crucifix spun around, was completely intact, it wasn't damaged, but it spun around and faced the tilma. Hmm. And so it was literally, it was to say, like, the bomb blew up and our, and our, our Lord basically was checking on his mom. <laughs> wow. The way that, uh, it, so just little things like that are, are, are quite special. And I mean, I am somebody who does look at the Tilma as miraculous. I mean, at the end of the day, one thing that we need to make clear, this falls into the same category as private revelation, right? And so yes. far as... It's a very public private revelation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and so it's... You know, it, you, a person's not a heretic if they if they say, "Oh, I'm not really, you know, into right. the whole Our Lady of Guadalupe thing or, or any Marian mm-hmm. uh, uh, apparition." But uh, at the end of the day, the church has done extensive uh, tests, and one of the things that's that's beautiful about it, like in terms of the the tilma, uh, that you know they say that. It, there's not like a, a, a single pigment that's really like detectable that it's like right. light cast upon the tilma creating the image, which would be something that there, the technology for that wouldn't be in existence uh, back when in the days of Juan Diego. I know. So again, this is like it's 500 years old. Yeah. Right. And it's just like the it's like the Shroud of Turin. You know, um, there is there's a sense of mystery that's connected to it. Yeah. Right, and so 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 your uh, belief, uh, your faith, um, you know, in in the miraculous, very miraculous nature of of all that is divine, that's good and that's holy. It shouldn't rest specifically and solely on the scientific data that says this or that. Right, and but the church is very careful not to put something out on display. And say, well, we think this might actually be Jesus's driver's license, right? Right, because they, they they're going to do a reasonable, of actually a very good job, um, you know, of of investigating, right, to find out. In fact, they'll bring in 
naysayers. They bring in people who are atheists right. frequently into these conversations. They'll bring in people that don't have, quote unquote, a stake in the game. Right. Right. Because they want to make sure that what they put out there and what they what they allow people to like privately, um, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to recognize, have a devotion to. They want to make sure that they're, they're doing due diligence as much as they can humanly do. Right. Right. To, to, to figure this stuff out ahead of time. So you can have some sense of security that when you go that you're looking at something special. Well, and another thing that's, uh, I think, very special, and we kind of glossed over it a little bit, was Juan Diego, St. Juan Diego himself, the extreme amount of faith uh, that that man had. You know, this was at a time where he was sort of a lone ranger of indigenous people who had converted. Very few people had. Right. And, you know, for him, he didn't just convert idly. He walked, I've heard different accounts, some say seven miles some say 12 miles every day for daily mass now hmm. you know how easy is it for us to come up with an excuse to not go to daily mass at all or or oh not today because i got this thing or that thing right. this guy made it the center of his day to walk there and walk back every single day because the eucharist was that important to him mm-hmm. and this was at a time when he didn't have uh, a, a huge community of people to do that with, right? You know, and that so that was because God had spoken to his heart. He had not seen Bishop Barron's Catholicism series <laughs> right, at that point. Exactly. Yeah, he hadn't seen it yet. So that's only that's, that in itself is a quiet miracle of grace mm-hmm. to see in a place that up until that time had been a complete failure, basically, of a mission territory. Here you have somebody. I can't imagine how much. The priests and brothers who were there had to have loved St. Juan Diego and have been inspired and encouraged by St. Juan Diego. But taking that trip yeah. every day, that yeah. had to have been a consolation to them to say, you know, at least we're reaching this guy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm not surprised that when you hear that. That little quiet witness. There's a miracle right there. Yeah, see, and again, I'll go back and talk about the tilma for a second and say that it's amazing and beautiful and miraculous, this tilma, and, and, and it's there, and you can see it. And some people like that tangible reminder. But I'm telling you, what's really miraculous about the whole experience and the whole devotion um, is essentially just uh, the fruits of it. Yes. Right? The six million converts, which, you know, just proliferates. Oh yeah, and, and 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 effectively, that's why we have so many Hispanics that are just they love Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Can I have, can I give you guys a a, a confession? So one time these uh, I gosh they were, I forgot what they were. They might have been Jehovah's Witness or Seventh Day Adventist. But you know my last name's Rodriguez. I'm actually I'm Puerto Rican. And these uh, guys come came to our house. And they were both Hispanic. And I, I believe, I came to learn that they were Mexican, I believe, or Central American. And they were there to convert, you know, me to, uh, I think it was Seven Day Adventist. Okay. And, and I think that they looked up, because it's not a Hispanic neighborhood. And they came in, knocked on the door, speaking in Spanish. So I think they looked up people with the last name that was Hispanic, and they, they were going to knock on that door. So I heard the guy's pitch, and I, came, and I said, one second, they came back. 
uh, with an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I just said to him in Spanish, how could you do this to our mother? How could you do this to our mother? They just had this, like, look of just shock, and they left. Oh, wow. (laughs) There is a connection. It's it's interesting, uh, you know, living in in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, which is a very uh, uh, Protestant, there's some beautiful, beautiful, faithful Christians here in our area. But it's interesting when you walk through or drive through Memphis, and you might drive past a Baptist church, uh, and they'll, a lot of the Baptist churches are really focusing a lot on our Hispanic communities. Oh, yeah. Right? But you'll see pickup trucks, and they got Our Lady of Guadalupe <laughs> in the window. Yeah. I've wow. seen that a couple of times. And so there is a there is a love, and Our Lady loves these people. <coughs> but I think she also wants all of us to see her, to right. find her, because what does she do? She leads us to her son. Right. Yes. Right? And so there's there's a message for all of us here. Uh, in Our Lady of Guadalupe, and it's not specifically for uh, uh, just one type of people, but just to, to see the, the miracle and to realize that when, when Mary shows up, big things happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be smart. Uh, 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 it's not going to be like small. small. It's going to be big. It's going to be it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, but as far as smart's concerned, you know, it seems like she comes to like like very simple people, just very uh, lowly kind of simple people. And I don't know why she hasn't come to me yet because I'm very simple and I'm just. <laughs> waiting for an apparition myself but honestly this is why we need to 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 understand this day and age why we need mary so much now uh, and and why we need to have a a relationship with her why we need to be connected to her because ultimately we want to love jesus we want to be with jesus uh, for all eternity and she leads us to jesus she magnifies the lord that's what she does she said it herself and and that's why this show i mean we've we've ended the show for so many years with a with a with a hail mary Right, because sometimes our life is we need a hail mary in life, mm-hmm. right? And it, and I don't want to you know make some secular football game, you know, a hail mary pass. But we we live that way sometimes, and really all we got left uh, is just muster, you know muttering one prayer. And if that's the prayer, that's a good prayer to ask Our Lady to be in our life, and Our Lady of Guadalupe specifically here uh, on this feast day to ask her to be in our life, to be with us. Uh, to be close to us always, because what that means necessarily is a miracle's getting ready to happen, yes. and then she's going to lead us to her son, and that's ultimately what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what all of us need. It's what our nation needs. It's what our country needs. And I got to tell you, I, um, these are some really difficult and divisive times in the country. They it's are. falling apart. It I, I think everyone knows that. I think it's it's obvious. Uh, and and we're all looking for some kind of answer, and I can tell you the answer is not going to be a a Republican or Democrat answer. It's not going to be a, a a gun or a no gun, or a, it's not it's not going to be a, a legal answer. It's it's going to be something that's supernatural. It's going to be God and and getting to know Jesus and having a relationship with Him. And the best way to do that is knock on Mama's door, yeah, right, and and allow her to lead us to her Son. She loves us, and she wants us to be with Him forever. She's always going to love us like a mother. Only a mother can love us. Amen. So let's ask her to intercede on our behalf. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.